Welcome to our podcast, Educate and Eliminate, where we explore the world's most interesting questions. I am your host, Justin, and I'm joined with my colleague, Imran. In today's episode, we will be discussing what type of maps should be used in school classrooms. Personally, I didn't even know that there was more than one type of map. Did you know that, Justin? To be honest, I didn't either. Maps should be a topic of discussion because they can affect our view of the world and subsequently other countries. Yeah, totally. And I think we all blindly trust that the size representation of our land masses are exact. Did you know that on our map, Greenland and Africa appear to be the same size, when in reality Greenland is 14 times smaller? Wow, really? That's a crazy fact. We do have some good news though because we will be interviewing three people in this podcast who hopefully have some more insight on the topic than we do. Imran, how about you introduce them? With pleasure. We have selected three people with a wide range of knowledge and experience around this topic. Our first interviewee we will be talking with is a student who has been actively present in our modern day school curriculum, Omeha Sandu. Our second interviewee is Miss Parks, a teacher who has experienced the old school curriculum and also been exposed to the modern one. Our final interviewee is Miss Campbell, a social socials teacher by profession who is well versed in geography and our changing world. Sounds great. Let's get right into it. I am joined with Omeha Sandu, a student at Burnaby Central. We're going to be asking you a few questions about our map. So firstly, what type of map should we be using in school classrooms? Um, the Mercator map, which is the map we are all used to. The Orthograph map, which is technically the most accurate representation of our world. Or the Peters projection, which accurately captures the sizing proportions of our countries, um, but not the placement. Um, I think I'd rather use the Orthograph because it is the proper representation and sizing of our world. And why wouldn't you want to know about what everything actually looks like and not being fed a lie. Okay, thank you. Next question. Um, in your experience as a student, has a teacher ever made mention that the map of the that the map we use of the world is inaccurate? No, I've never heard of it from one of our teachers or seen another picture of other maps. Interesting. And lastly, if you were to look down at our world from space, what do you think would be at the top? Well, I don't think there is a top to our world, considering it is a sphere. Our second interviewee is Miss Parks, a culinary studies teacher from Burnaby Central. Out of the maps I've showed you, which one do you think represents the world best? This one, because it's more accurate size-wise in proportion of countries. So what you're saying is that since the Peters projection has the best proportions comparatively, it would be the best teaching tool? Well, I think that when you're looking at a map and if the countries are not in retrospect to another country size-wise, mm -hmm. I think that we're teaching people inaccurate information. Definitely. Um, when I look at this map, this makes sense to me. When I look at the orthograph world map, because everything is not up and down the way that we normally see a map, yeah. I think that would make it more confusing, for, especially for younger kids using the map. Definitely. And then the map that we use on a regular basis, to me, the country size 
guesses are not accurate. The next question is, do you remember which map they taught you off of at school when you were a child? I think this map is the one that was used. Oh, okay. So we were both taught off the Mercator projection. Do you think maps will be like relevant in the future and today? Do you think they're relevant now? I think they're relevant in the sense that they teach you where countries are in proximity to another country. Mm -hmm. Is it easy to understand looking at a map and understand the scales and stuff? Yeah. I don't think, like for some people, mm -hmm. if you've been taught that, yes. But for people that aren't taught that, mm -hmm. I think they can get a very distorted like representation of Definitely. what they think the world is and where something is. I am joined with Ms. Campbell, a social studies teacher at our school. We will be talking about which maps should be used in school classrooms. I will be asking you a few questions to hear from the perspective of a teacher with a social studies background. background. Uh, firstly, which of the following maps do you believe should be used in classrooms? Um, the orthograph map, the Mercator map, which is the standard map, or the Peters projection, which has been adopted in some uh, countries around the world. Mm -hmm. um, I personally think that uh, we could use any of the maps. I just think that it's important that maybe um, at younger ages we focus on one to develop our geoliteracy um, early on uh, uh, and focus on one so that people start getting a grasp of what the world looks like. So um, right now it's the kind of uh, education. Okay, great. Uh, that kind of builds on to my second question, which was, um, should kids be taught or at least made aware that other maps exist? So you mentioned that it's good to have some stability early on. Uh, what age do you think they should be, if at all, should they be exposed to other maps? Um, I think the earlier the better. As soon as we start realizing that the world doesn't necessarily look exactly the way that it does on any particular map and that it's all um, relative and changes proportionally and and everything depending on which uh, which style you're looking at. Um, yeah, I think the more maps, the better, and the younger, the better as well, and to try and just increase geoliteracy early on. Okay, on. okay perfect. Um, and to finish off, how do you think maps can influence our worldview? I think maps can influence our worldview quite a lot because um, if we're even just focusing on... Uh, we... We develop geoliteracy around the areas that we know the most. Um, but then as soon as we're able to step outside and look at maps and figure out where we fit in the world, we can gain a better understanding of the connections that are made um, through geography and geographical distance and relations and all of that. And our world on the West Coast is different because we're on the West Coast than it would be if we were inland and we weren't near water, for example. It's a very different experience. And so you can take a lot from even just like looking at a map and trying to figure out what experience maybe people have and how it's different or similar to your own. The articles we picked to discuss are both on the north of map bias. The one in particular I chose to talk about is how in society there are tons of metaphors for up being perceived as good and down being perceived as bad. For example, in the Christian faith, hell is down and heaven is up. Another example is when we're happy, we say that we're feeling up. And when we're sad, we feel like we're down. It also talks about how throughout history, the structure of maps has been influenced by culture.
The article I read talked about how maps have been majorly influenced by religion and culture. In ancient Egyptian cultures, the top of the map was east because that's where the sun rose. In Muslim cultures, south was up because that was the direction Mecca was. This article showed me that the orientation and structure of our map is heavily influenced by people's personal opinions rather than how the world actually looks. This brings us to the end of today's episode. We would like to thank you, our viewers, for listening and engaging in our controversial topic. To recap, we discussed the maps that should be used in school classrooms. In our three interviews, some very insightful points were made, ranging from qualified social studies teacher to an experienced student. The answers we got provided a spectrum of opinions in which the map should be used. From Miss Campbell, we heard the importance of creating a stable worldview from a young age before exposing kids to other variations of our map. She emphasized just how much maps can affect our worldview, as well as lead us to having bias that we aren't even aware of. From Miss Parks, we heard that visual clarity is important in a classroom setting, but there needs to be some sense of accuracy on how our world actually looks. From Omeha, we learned that it isn't explicitly taught that other more accurate maps exist. It seems only one is relevant to avoid confusion. Her last response hinted to something much bigger, that not only is the Earth a sphere, but there is really no concept of up and down in space, so countries technically aren't on top of each other as shown in maps. Justin, I don't know about you, but I learned a whole lot about our planet. Yeah, totally. So did I. It was crazy to realize that I never even questioned the accuracy of the map, and neither does most of our population. The answer to our question is yet to be found, as there is no one map that works for every situation. Do you think maps will even still be used for the future? Now that's a question for another episode. Make sure to like and subscribe. See you on the next episode of Educate and Illuminate.